ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اما بعد It's always a pleasure to welcome all of you in our classes. And this one here, we're going to continue a reading from the book Tafsir al-Nasik bi-Ahkam al-Manasik of our beloved Shaykh Abdul Muhsin bin Hamad al-Abbad al-Badr Hafidahullah about the Hajj and Umrah and what we need to know so that those amongst us who perform when they perform Hajj al-Umrah they perform it according to what Allah has legislated, according to the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, not according to ignorance and innovations, not according to what certain people are doing it or others, but according to what Allah has legislated. Sifatul Umrah wal Hajj ijmalan wa This is the ninth class. So the first eighth class, they were so, alhamdulillah, important for us. We, we learned a lot. Now the Shaykh is going to give us the description of Umrah and Hajj, meaning how to perform Umrah and how to perform Hajj. Okay? But he's going to mention a summarized version, and then he's going to give, bring the details. As for the summarized version of Umrah, it is just like points. What a person do? A person get in a state of ihram from the miqat and make tawaf around the bait, the house of Allah, and make sa'i between Safa and Marwa, and then shave the entire head or trim it. That's, that's Umrah. In brief, general what the person do in Umrah. However, the Shaykh says, but those people who live in Mecca, if they want to make Umrah, they have to leave Mecca first, to go outside the boundaries of Mecca, the boundaries of the Haram. And then they make Miqat from there. Now the Sheikh is going to mention Sifatul Hajj Ijmalan. Likewise, how to perform Hajj. But not in detail. He's going to just in, in points, but then Shahatara is going to bring the details. That the people who are not from, they don't live in Mecca, whenever they add, they make ihram for hajj to say labbaik allahumma hajj for instance from the miqat the miqat that they're going to go through the people of mecca that lives in mecca they don't have in hajj they don't have to go outside the haram from their homes from their homes they say labbaik allahumma hajj the same ruling for those people who come do not live in mecca 
but they came earlier. People came from Europe, from Africa, Asia, America, doesn't matter, from other uh, countries or other cities other than Mecca. Those people who already are there, they made the Umrah, are already there. Then them also, they will uh, make ihram wherever they are in Mecca, in their hotel room, in a house, in a villa, and the like. Then they make tawaf. But now, the Sheikh said before this, the Qarin and the Mufrid. Look, the Sheikh he mentioned something that the Qarin and the Mufrid, when they just came to Mecca, because there is three ways to perform, there is three ansak. There is Qiran, Ifrad, and Tamattu. The Sheikh is going to mention those who perform the Hajj, Qiran, or Tamattu, or Mufrid, or Ifrad. So when they came to Mecca, they make Tawaf, and they make Sa'i between Safa and Marwa. But, this is only for the Qarin and the Mufrid. This Sa'i between Safa and Marwa that they make in the first place, once they come to Mecca, arrive to Mecca, that counts for their Hajj. Meaning on the tent of the Hijjah, they make only Tawaf. They don't have to make Sa'i. But the Mutamatti' la, the person who is performing Hajj Tamatti' upon their arrival to Mecca, they perform Umrah, complete Umrah, which include Tawaf and Sa'i. And on the Hajj day, on the tenth, on the tenth, they make Tawaf al-Ifada, which is Tawaf Hajj and Sa'i. The Sheikh says, as for the Qarin and the Mufid, when they just arrived to Mecca, they can delay the Sa'i if they want. He says, if they make only Tawaf, then they have to make the Sa'i later on, on the day of the Eid. On the 8th of the Hijjah, the pilgrims, all of them, they go to Mina. Mina is a big valley, has tents. Now they build, alhamdulillah, some, some buildings on the outskirts of it, alhamdulillah, by the, the, the feet of the mountains. But it is a lot of tents over there, big place. So the pilgrims, all of them, they go to the tents. Of course, every group has their own place. Okay? It's all, it's well organized, alhamdulillah. So they spend the day, the 8th and the, the ninth and that night in Mina. The next day, the ninth, they go to Arafah. And then they spend that night of the ninth, which is the 10th, in Muzdalifah. On the 10th, which is the day of the Eid, the pilgrims, they do Jamrat al-Aqaba, slaughter their animals, the Hadi, if there is a heady upon them, they shave the heads or trim it, shaving is better. And they go to the <coughs> Kaaba, the Bait of Allah, and make Tawaf al-Ifada. Everybody make this Tawaf. And the Mutamatti, the person who make Hajj Tamattu, they 
make sa'i between Safa and Marwa. That's wajib. They have to do it. Likewise, the Qarin and the Mufrid, if they didn't make sa'i when they came in the first with the Tawaf al-Qudum, then the pilgrims, they go back to Mina, spend those nights of Ayyam al-Tashriq. The 11th and the 12th, what they do, they throw the all Jamarat, al-Sughra wal-Wusta wal-Aqaba. The small one, the middle one, and the Aqaba. After Zawal, not before, not in the morning. They have to wait until the whole time arrives. <coughs> and those who want to leave on, after doing this on the 12th day, they can. Those who want to stay until the 13th, it's better for them. And then, that's it, the Hajj is over. And... Uh, the last thing the people should do, the pilgrims, is before they leave, they make tawaf al wada. That's it. Okay, so this is the general, you know, how you make description of Hajj al-Amrah. Now the tafasil, the details. The Shaykh says, when a Muslim intends Amrah or Hajj, and if that person is traveling by a, a car, for example, or a bus from places that are close to the Mawaqeet, such as Al Medina, for example. Somebody wants to make Umrah or Hajj from Medina. Medina is very close to the Mi'at. Person who live in Medina or the people who came from all the world and they reside in Medina, whether in hotels or other than that. The Miqat is only like a couple minutes away, maybe 15-20 minutes, half an hour at the most. He said, for these people, it's better for them to prepare for the Ihram where they are. It's easier. At the Miqat, yes, they have a lot of bathrooms and they have showers. When people can take a shower and can, you know, uh, especially for men to, to change their clothings and put on the izar and the rida. But the ulama, they advise that there is better. If somebody is close to the miqat, it's better for them to avoid the crowd and to avoid time. And, because a lot of people be there. Sometimes people get lost. Your group. One or two, they get lost, so that driver is not going anywhere until they find that person. Keep in mind, once you make it to Medina, there is no flight back to Mecca. It's only the bus. And that ride, it takes from 8 hours to 15 hours. Based on the driver, the bus condition, this and that, okay? And also based on the group too. Some groups, mashallah, they take the advice of the ulama. They prepare in a hotel. Everybody take a shower in a hotel. They are ready. They put the rida, everything. They get on the bus, all of them. <coughs> Once the bus gets into the miqat, because they have to do some signing, some paperwork, it doesn't take 10 minutes. The driver comes back, says, everybody here? Yes. As soon as they start moving, they say, labbaik Allahumma umrah, or labbaik Allahumma hajj. They keep moving. 
But if you have in the group one or two people or more or less, and they they like, no, we want to do it in the miqat. Which we cannot tell them, no. But then what, what does it mean? Some extra time on your journey. That if they don't get lost, if one of them get lost, then that driver cannot leave. Nobody behind. And you're going to be waiting over there, maybe a couple of hours, who knows. If they find the person, alhamdulillah, they don't find them, then the decision has to be made by the authority. Whether they, they wait there, or whether they let... Sometimes what they do, if they wait for hours and they couldn't find the person, what they do, once they make sure who is this person, his paperwork, they tell the boss, go, we got this person. Once we find him, we're going to bring him. We know where you are. It happens sometimes. It did happen, actually. So, the Sheikh, he says, if a people are close to the Miqat, that's what they do. They prepare themselves where they at. Take a shower. If your nails has to be clipped, you clip your nails. If they are not, don't mess with Likewise, the pubic hair, armpits need to be taken, alhamdulillah. Mustache need to be trimmed down, yes, you do that. And for men to put some perfume, alhamdulillah. And then you wear the izar and the rida for the men. Then when they get to the miqat, they don't say that in the hotel, in Medina. They don't say, Labbaik Allahumma Amra and start talbiya. They just get ready. It's okay. But then they wait until the bus or, the, or that car or whatever they're riding gets to the miqat, which is Dul Hulayfa. Now here, the Sheikh points out something important. But if these people who want to make Umrah or Hajj, because they're going to make Hajj, but they're going to make Umrah first. And Dul Hijjah is already in. The first, the second, third, fourth, fifth. And that person is intending to slaughter for the Eid al-Adha, not the Hadi Eid al-Adha. Now you pay attention to this detail that that person should not take anything from his fingers and hair. Okay? Don't. If a person is intending to slaughter. Because there is a difference between slaughtering for the Eid Al-Adha and slaughtering the Hadi for Tamatur. That's two different things. Because the one for the Hadi, that's, that's for your Tamatur, for your Umrah and Hajj. And then that has nothing to do with the Eid Al-Adha. So if somebody is intending to slaughter in the Eid Al-Adha, but they, they, they arrive in the Miqat in Dul Hijjah, not in Dul Qadah. Dul Hijjah is already in. Those people, they should not take anything from their hair or from their fingernails. Because of the hadith of Umm Salama, radiallahu anha, that the Prophet said, إِذَا رَأَيْتُمْ هِلَالَ ذِي الْحِجَّةِ وَأَرَادَ أَحَدُكُمْ أَنْ يُدَحِّي فَلْيُمْسِكَ عَنْ شَعْرِهِ وَأَذْفَارِهِ رواه مسلم. This hadith of Imam Muslim, that the Prophet وسلم, says, when you see and witness the crescent of Dhul Hijjah, and any one of you, have the intention to slaughter for the Eid al-Adha, he should not take anything from his hair nor from his fingers, fingernails, finger or toenails. Okay? Somebody may say, 
what about when you finish the Umrah and in the Hijjah? Can you take some from your hair and do taqsir? Yes. That has nothing to do with, with this hadith. It has to do with because that's part of the, the Umrah. But you don't take anything from your nails and the like. Now the Sheikh says, but if a person If a person is, is traveling from far, the miqat is very far from his house. Some people, they, have, they may drive 10 hours. Some people may drive a day or two before to get to the miqat, like the people of Yemen. The people of Yemen, if they want, especially those in the south, in Aden, they have to drive for hours, who knows, 16 hours, 18, 20. They have to drive for a long ride. To get to this miqat yalamlam. So he said, of course, for these people, they will they prepare themselves for the ihram at the miqat. Not in their homes, because that's a long ride. Okay? These people, they delay that until they get to the miqat, alhamdulillah, and they prepare the same way we just mentioned, alhamdulillah. The Sheikh says, but if somebody is traveling by a plane, Okay, somebody traveling by a plane because the plane does not stop at the miqat. Airplanes do not stop at the miqat. They just pass over it in the air. Alright, as we mentioned before. That person, the sheikh, he says, he prepared himself in his house. Okay, in his house and get on a plane. Some people, uh, they don't do that. They just wait until the plane. They took a shower in their homes. But then, as for changing their clothing, they do it in a plane. They just need to add some extra time, especially in time of Hajj. You go, for example, and the plane has 300 and some people. <laughs> Maybe most of them are going to make Hajj. And you will see it, because everybody, Hajj, Salaam Alaikum, this. And some of them have, uh, what do you call it, badges that says Hajj. So you will see. So now, if all of these people, they're going to wait until they hear the announcement from the captain or from the flight attendants, hey, in half an hour we're going to be by the miqat, please those who make hajj go prepare yourself. We've seen it, I've seen it many times. People start running, you got a line. And the flight attendant, they says, guys, you cannot be standing, crowding, all of you in the back, no, it's not good for the plane, go sit back. And people, they start panic and... And guess what? And those planes, are, the bathrooms in those planes, you know how big, right? Six million. It's a tiny. You can't even move in there. That's why somebody get in there, stay there for 15 minutes. Start knocking. And, uh, prepare before. Don't wait. Prepare before, alhamdulillah. You know, I give you a hint. If you go on a straight flight from Jeddah, from JFK to, Jed to Jeddah, okay, that's like 10 hours and a half, 11 hours. Okay, put it on your clock. You know the set clock, they have it? You know what it is? All right, put over there. Boom, that's we left, click it. And you look, one hour is gone, two hours, three hours. When you see seven hours, go get ready. Seven hours gone already? Go, nobody's in the bathroom by yourself. Make sure that the bathroom is clean because you don't want urine in there 
and then you read that, pick up the urine. No. Because you're going to pray in that and stuff. Okay? So take some time, inshallah. Al-Ihram. So when a person prepare for Ihram, and then once the plane get on the Miqat, Bimuhadat al-Miqat, like it says, usually the captain or other than him, they say, now we're over the miqat. Then at that time they say, labbaik Allahumma umrah, or labbaik Allahumma hajjan, alhamdulillah. Al-Ihram. What is Ihram? We hear this. Ihram qala huwa niyyatu al-dukhul fi al-nusuk. Wala yakunu muhriman illa bi niyyatu al-dukhul fi. Liqawlihi sallallahu wa sallam, innama al-a'malu bi niyyat, rawa al-bukhari al-muslim. When you hear ihram is the intention. Okay? That's the ihram. Why you're there at the miqat? Why you, what are you about to do? And a person cannot be in a state of ihram without having the intention. It's like someone who just going, they don't have no clue where he's going. Some people says bought him a ticket, said, let's go, let's go. Okay, he's going, then they... They start changing and taking a shower. What is this for? This is just put this on. He put them on. You think this person have ihram on? No, he's not in a state of ihram. Why? Intention. He don't have no clue what is this for. You gotta know what you're doing for. The Prophet says, Actions are judged according to the intentions. Muslim. The Shaykh says, As for wearing the izar and the rida, Without the intention, that's not an ihram. It's not an ihram. But that's only preparing for ihram. When you, for the men to come out of their clothing, take a shower and do what we mentioned, and put those two pieces, alhamdulillah, preferably to be white and clean, that's only preparing yourself for ihram. So the person in his heart have the intention what he wants to do. Is it Umrah? Is it Hajj? Is it both Umrah and Hajj? Nah. Because the Mufrid, the one who do an Ifrad, he intend only Hajj, he don't do Umrah. The, mutam- the Mutamatih, he does both Umrah and Hajj. He finish from the Umrah and wait until the Hajj on the 8th and Yuhil Bil Hajj. And the uh, Qarin, he combined between the two. He's doing both Umrah and Hajj as well. The Shaykh says, but if a person comes in outside the months of Hajj, where is the months of Hajj? We mentioned that. The months were Shawwal, Durqa'dah, and Al-Hijjah. But if a person, the Shaykh says, comes to and perform Umrah, Outside these months, that Umrah has nothing to do with Hajj. Okay? Has nothing to do with Hajj. La alaqata lihadi al-Umrah bil-Hajj. And a person say, Labbayka Umrah, or Labbayka Hajjan, or Labbayka Umrah wa Hajj. You say it. Okay? You don't just in your heart. You say, Labbayka Allahumma Umrah, or Labbayka Umrah. You say, لبيك اللهم حجن أو لبيك حجن You say it. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said it. Okay? 
Prophet he says, لَبَّيْكَ عُمْرَةً وَحَجٌ رَوَهُ مُسْلِمٌ From Hayyidu Anas radiallahu anhu. لَبَّيْكَ عُمْرَةً وَحَجٌ And this is the only time when you say that. And the ulama, this says actually you're not saying the intention outwardly, but actually you're just mentioning the nusuk that you're doing following the example of the Prophet ﷺ because the Prophet ﷺ said it outwardly so you do it that way too but only on the miqat but a person would not when the person come to the tawaf he say here I'm making my intention to make tawaf and then he may be ignorant and he's the leader of the group and say hey, I didn't hear you guys make your intention for tawaf and then everybody say, oh here we are, Allah, we're making our intention for tawaf. No, this is not from the sunnah of Prophet Nor in sa'i or nothing, okay? That's in your heart. فَلَنَا فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَأَصْحَابِهِ أُسْوَةً We have in the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم and the companions, they follow him on that. This is our example. We follow the sunnah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and the salaf of salih. The Sahaba, the companions of the Messenger of Allah If saying the intention loud in Salat, in Siyam, in Tawab, in Sa'i and the like, if it's good, they will precede us to it, no doubt. Since they didn't do it, we don't do it. These are points. This is number three. Okay, number two. Number one, it was the Ihram, which is the Niyyah. Number two, to say لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ عُمْرَ وَلَبَّيْكَ الْمَحَجْ Number three, the shaykh says لَهُ أَنْ يَشْتَرِتَ عِنْدَ الْإِحْرَامِ A person can set a condition at the time of ihram. What does it mean? The person says فَإِنْ حَبَسَنِ حَابِسٌ فَمَحِلِّ حَيْثُ حَبَسْتَنِ A person can say, Oh Allah, if anything happened to me, if any circumstances befall me which prevent me from completing what I'm making the ihram for, then I will come out of the ihram at that moment, at that place. Okay? Because remember, we learned from the previous classes that once you get an ihram for Umrah or Hajj, you have to finish. It's not like, okay, now ihram, uh, 10 minutes later, ah, now I'm going to go home. Now you have to finish. But if a person makes this condition, the ulama, they say, some of them, they says anybody can make this condition. Other than that, they says those who have reason, they have some concern. Okay, they have concern, they're sick, or somebody in their family is really sick, or something. These are people, they say, oh Allah, if something befall me, some circumstances, something happened, I will come out of ihram now. Remember, because once you get in a state of ihram, a lot of things are haram on you until you finish what you made ihram for. Somebody is married now. Cannot uh, have anything with his wife until he finished what he put the ihram for. So can you imagine somebody just leave without finishing? No, it's serious because we heard some people, they come and ask the ulama. Naam. Somebody says, Ya Shaykh, 
Some people, they sit in the class of the ulama, and the ulama, they says, look, if a person uh, does this and this, everything becomes halal for him, except his wife, if he's married. When his wife becomes permissible for him again to enjoy her, when he make tawaf al-ifada, then questions go. And now my uncle, he didn't make tawaf al-ifada. And he went back home. And it's like seven years ago. And he's with his wife. The Mashaykh says, you got to call that man. No, tell him to stay away from his wife. SubhanAllah. Tell him not to touch her. It's very important, Akhwan. People, they have to learn these things. Okay? But that's where this comes. This stipulation or this condition. Oh Allah, if anything befall me, any circumstances, unforeseen circumstances, then I will come out of ihram at this, at that moment, at that place, and nothing against that person. Here's an example. Hayat Aisha radiallahu anha qalat. دخل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على ضباعة بنت الزبير بن عبد المطلب Prophet he went and he encountered ضباعة بنت الزبير بن عبد المطلب فقالت يا رسول الله she said O Messenger of Allah إني أريد الحج وأنا شاكية she says O Messenger of Allah I want to make hajj but I'm sick I'm very sick قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حجي واشترطي أن محلي حيث حبستني رواه البخاري ومسلم. البرامس سلم يتوها yes proceed with حج but make this condition that I will come out of this إحرام whenever I'm sick she cannot do it anymore okay. The شيخ says the benefits of this اشتراط okay is that if a person cannot continue performing the Hajj or the Umrah, whether because they get sick or an accident, he says an accident, car accident or something, or was prevented from pursuing, he was prevented, I don't know, maybe authorities or something happened, it's not secure, the path is not secure anymore, and they cannot proceed, that person, he can come out of his ihram. And there is nothing upon those people. Okay? Just take the clothing and be a regular person again. But if a person didn't make this condition, then it's not up to them whenever they want to. They can't. They have to finish uh, that which they have the intention of ihram for. Number four. The Shaykh gave an example. For example, if somebody is making ihram, getting in a state of ihram in Dhul Hulayfa. Dhul Hulayfa is the Miqat of who? Huh? People of Medina. And whoever comes through Medina. It is permissible, it is not obligation, for that person to pray in there. Because there is a masjid in there. An obligatory salat. Whether it is Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, or Isha. Or to pray Nafila, Sunnah, and the like. And then say, Labbaik Allahumma Umrah or Labbaik Allahumma Hajj after that. Because there's a hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas on the authority of Umar ibn Khattab. He said, I heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the word of the Aqiq, he said, 
أتاني الليلة آت من ربي فقال صلي في هذا الواد المبارك وقل عمر في حجة عمر بخار عمر بخطاب رضي الله عنه says I heard the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم in wadi al-aqiq saying a messenger from my Lord came to me and said pray in this valley this blessed valley and say Umrah in Hajjah together the Shaykh is the first to be able to be able to be it is better that the person don't say Labbaik Allahumma Umrah or Labbaik Allahumma Hajjah until he's already riding whatever he's riding that take him to Mecca Okay, so once you get in a miqat, sometimes people driving in a bus, the bus driver stops, he says, look guys, if somebody wants to, you know, to buy something, stretch your legs or whatever, you don't need no stretch your legs, it's only, you've been in a bus for 20 minutes, okay, but you never know, people have conditions, people want to use a bathroom, anyway, the driver may say, look, you want to stay in the bus, mashallah, but if you want to just make sure, and this I'm giving you hints, the buses, they look the same. You, those who made Hajj, you know what I'm talking about. Those who didn't make Hajj yet, you're going to see buses in your life. You will never see them, maybe in your dream. You're going to see the traffic that you've never seen in your life. You're going to go to this Miqat and you're going to see buses in hundreds, thousands of buses parked. And guess what? They different buses, different companies, but your company, that blue bus with strips, white, whatever, there is hundreds of it saying this. So which one is your bus? Numbers. They have numbers in the front. Not the, the plate number, the police plate. No, these numbers on the bus. If it's 3,615, write it down. Some groups they give you, actually they give it to everybody, some people don't pay attention, they give you a, a card, like a business card, that has the number of the bus. Why you need this? <laughs> because it's easy, because especially for those who, they want to go and change their clothing in the miqat. Alhamdulillah, my brother wearing green, I'm wearing yellow, he's wearing a blue jacket, alright? When they go and put their clothing, and so what, what is it now, what color? He's all white. They know. He, he's walking with his friend and looking for him. Abdullah, who are you, Azakhi? Abdullah is right here. You don't know him. Everybody looks the same. Alhamdulillah. And keep in mind, sometimes the bus may park. It depends. You came, there is so many buses in front of you. So they park far from the uh, places when you're supposed to take a shower. So you have to walk. People now, they came this way, as soon as they come out, it thinks like they came this way. They be going away from their bus. Especially some people, they think they're smart. And you, you may encounter people like that instead to say, Akhi, it's my first time here. I've never been here. Don't ask me. <laughs> I don't want to cause you any trouble, brothers. I don't know. Let's ask somebody who knows. We have the number. Now some people say, Akhi, I know this man. I come from the Bronx, brother. Okay. Hulayfa is not the Bronx. Alright? And then he takes the brothers away, far away from, from everybody. They get lost. 
And then don't make this mistake. If somebody is uh, look like he's late, there's another mistake. You find some people go look for him. And by the time he, that person come back, the other one got lost. Then two people looking for those who want to look for the other people and the, that's why. No. If one person is missing, everybody stay in the bus. Inform the driver. The driver is going to inform the authority and they're going to look for the person. Okay? So now, like it says, once you get in there, mashallah, the driver may say, okay, guys, if you want to buy something, some refreshments, some fruits, whatever, mashallah. And then once the driver comes back and he says, okay, guys, everybody here, mashallah, the person in charge, he will be like, Akhtafadda Abdullah, Ibrahim, Alahi, mashallah, bismillah. Then at that moment, when everybody's on the bus, because the driver, he always take account. So they told him, look, you have 49 with you, that's all he got. If he counted is only 48, he ain't going nowhere. Until the authorities tell him, just go ahead. If he counts and he's 51, he's like, two, Who is he, where did these two come from? I have only 49. Including me, I'm 50. Now we have 51, two. Who are these? Because sometimes people, they want to take a ride. He was like, wait a minute, man. They bring the passports, they call names. Those who are not called, they turn down. They can't be here. Sometimes people, they just don't know. Sometimes people, they just look at the bus and get in the bus. They think that's their bus. And you will look. Sometimes you come to your bus and you find a, an old lady from China sitting. Or I don't know, Pakistan or from Senegal. Sitting right there in Egypt or Morocco. An old man sitting in your spot. What do you do now? You're going to know. You're going to pay attention. If he's not from your group, at least say to the driver, look, Allah A'lam, but this man is not from our group. Don't say, oh yeah, an old man. Yeah, he, you can have my spot. Yeah, right. Because he needs to go to his boss. She needs to go with their people. A lot of people don't know. Yeah, okay. Tayyip. So once the bus start moving, at that time it's better for you to say La Baik Allahumma Umrah, La Baik Allahumma Hajj, okay? Because that's what the Prophet ﷺ did. Once he arrived in his, his, his shikamu and began to move, then when he وسلم, said La Baik Allahumma Umrah and Allah. Number five, no one should leave the miqat without ihram. Nobody should pass the miqat. For those who intend to make hajjur amra, they should not pass the miqat without uh, being in a state of ihram. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the one who assigned these points, these places. And he told us, as we read before, they are for those people that live by them and anyone who come through them for those who intend to make Hajj or Umrah. And once again, number six, if anyone's house or place where he live or where he stay in is between the Miqat and Mecca, they don't have to go back to the Miqat. No. Their place, like the people of Jeddah, for example, that's their place when they 
engage in a state of ihram. Number seven, that the ihram of the people of Mecca, it is from Mecca. Okay? But as for the people of Mecca who live in Mecca, the resident of the city of Mecca, if, and whoever already is in Mecca, if they want to make Umrah, they have to leave the Haram. The boundaries of the sanctuary of the Haram, not just the Masjid, the Mecca. To go to the hill, they call it the hill, and that's when they engage in a state of Haram and come to perform Umrah. Now, now, inshallah ta'ala we stop here and uh, for tonight we continue tomorrow inshallah ta'ala bi'idhnillah uh, continue these points, the description of Hajj and Umrah hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa taslim al-kathira.